No, no, I was going to say, like, this is actually a pretty good starter because we actually we are rolling now. I wanted to just give a quick introduction. Um, uh, yes, this is Justin Goddard from the Fly Guys podcast. I am here with uh, Chris Malley uh, on Twitter. You can follow him at, Ma- uh, at Malley underscore Chris underscore 24. He is a writer for Fourth and John. And Chris, I've asked you that initial question because I kind of wanted to set the tone for what this, this brief but I think really important conversation is going to be. It's regarding... You know, not only the Philadelphia Eagles situation and their quarterback and Carson Wentz, but also you kind of mentioned like how Wentz is seen, how the old dichotomy is. If you like Nick Foles, you can't like you can't like Carson Wentz. You've got opinionated people like Max Kellerman, Skip Bayless, people who are not in Philadelphia giving their opinion, which for some reason resonates as well as it does in Philadelphia. And it brings all the reason I asked you to come on is and obviously I want to talk to you about the whole Carson Wentz thing, because at the time when I asked you to do this, Carson Wentz had not yet been benched. So I wasn't anticipating that. But uh, I definitely wanted to firstly talk to you about the guy that you have stood up for as much as you have Jalen Rager, who, in my opinion, if someone asked me, how would you describe Rager's season? I would simply say he's having a rookie season. He's not anything spectacular he's not anything like a like a travesty he battled injury early on um you have had to go on twitter quite a bit and kind of you know talk the guy up Rager himself kind of took down his social media because of philly fans the the first question and i I swear the people that hear this they're gonna think that i'm just coming right for philly fans throats i'm a philly fan myself when did philly fans get this idea this twisted, completely incorrect idea that a rookie has to become a sensation in year one. I think the big thing is that Howie Rick, for an incredible offseason in 2017, he's had lackluster drafts, and we've seen him pass up uh, guys like over the last decade. I mean, and it just really has been in our face. Um, really it's almost indescribable like DK Metcalf like it's it's in your face every single day it doesn't matter if it's national or if it's local people always posting pictures of J.J. Ortega Whiteside and it just goes on the thing when people say how he tries to uh, like outthink uh, everyone else and I think he ends up outthinking himself so people see these rookies having incredible years and then they're like, oh, well, if we took that guy, they'd be doing doing amazing here. But then we also see uh, some of the guys that we drafted leave here and have su- success elsewhere. Uh, Brazil Douglas is having a solid year. Um, Ron Darby is doing a lot better on Washington than he was mm-hmm. here. Um, you see guys like Raheem Mostert running the ball in the Super Bowl. I mean, the thing is, everyone, like, sometimes you need a different set of eyes uh, to be on you and, and a different pair of hands to be uh, helping you uh, make adjustments, really play to your strengths. So I think it's, it's a two-faceted thing. I think that Howie isn't drafting the right people for this team, and also this team has not been able to really um, breed much. Like, we haven't been able to elevate talent once it's here because if you look at it, Howie's only drafted one, maybe two pro bowlers, if you consider Hurts. But the other one's Carson Wentz, and he's overcome a lot. Uh, I know you won't talk about the rookies, so I want to uh, stick to that. Uh, the main thing is, when you're a big market team like Philadelphia, winning cures everything, success cures everything. Jalen Rieger had a huge punt return in the game. 
it's you don't hear anything about him this week for the most part. Uh, prior to that, everyone's mad at him, even though uh, he's had the injuries. People can acknowledge that Doug's play calling has been lackluster. Travis Fulgham has disappeared. Zach Ertz, when he was healthy, was terrible. But everyone expects the world of the rookie. And then here comes Justin Jefferson, a rookie <laughs> that we passed on. And he's lighting the world on fire. And But the craziest thing is, he's having a Hall of Fame, like, like not an actual Hall of Fame, but he's doing things that like Hall of Famers have done their rookie year. And the big thing is, can you project that he'd be doing it here? Possibly. I think he's that talented. I'm an LSU fan. I watched. I watched him a lot. I I was uh, rooting for him to end up here. I also was completely on board with drafting Jalen Rager because I thought that's what offense needed. That being said, like Jason Kelsey hit on it today, everyone is messed up on this offense, and we're looking at the driver of the car, who's Carson Wentz, and not the car itself, which is both broken and beaten, and we're not looking at the guy who manufactured the car, and that's Harry Roseman. Like, the people that think that, oh, he's going to get traded to Indianapolis, I think that I just want to kind of make my statement on this. The Eagles would be, and I and I mean this in the nicest way, towards a guy like Hertz, towards the ever-so-genius Harry Roseman, they would be the stupidest team in the NFL to trade Carson Wentz this offseason, in my opinion. That would make no sense, considering that we're only going to have a handful of games of Jalen Hurts, if that, on tape, and giving up on a guy after his first truly bad season. I don't count. I don't count rookie years because I thought he was average in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. One bad season, we're cutting this guy. Like that's like it's like almost as if Howie Roseman has like personified the most reactionary. Philly fan that calls into 94-1 every day to complain about the, the most menial stuff. Yeah, I mean, the thing with me is, and I was completely under, the, like, my own impression, I was like, there's zero chance that, like, Wentz would be gone, like, like the money, and then, like, it almost, like, I had, like, an epiphany, like, I was listening to a couple different podcasts, Chris Longcall, and not a big fan of Nick Wright, but he actually broke down the financial thing. If this, like, and yet, like, I get it. People talk like, oh, this guy's making a ton of money. Like, he can't get emotional. It's like, these guys aren't robots. They're human beings. Carson Wentz has been almost a statue. No pun intended with the Nick Foles thing, but he's been like a statue since he's been here. Like, Carson Wentz doesn't chirp. He doesn't have anything bad to say about anyone. He just puts his uh, helmet on and goes to work. You can... You can say that's Marcus fault, sure, but you're not hearing any off like off the field or on the field issues with him. That being said, is I think that when they drafted Hertz, I don't know if it was Doug, I don't know if it was Howie, I don't know if it was both of them. I feel like they kind of know intentionally or not intentionally. If they didn't do it intentionally, I don't think that they really know what they're doing. They started the uh, the timer for the end of time end of Carson Wentz's time here in Philadelphia because not only are you creating a con- uh, quarterback controversy, even before Jalen Hurts plays, because you know how Philly fans are. Uh-huh. If it's not if it's not perfect, they're gonna. It's not good enough. It's we, like as soon as as soon as the draft happened, I said this is gonna happen. So Wentz had one bad game. People were recalling for Hurts because he's there, and the quarterback factor thing makes no sense to me because if you're so good at with quarterbacks 
why isn't Sudfeld back up? Why isn't this guy um here? What happened to uh, Clayton Thorson? Like you can't you can't say that you're like a like, great at, at um scouting talent at quarterback position. Wentz is the one guy, and you know you're financially uh, bought in with him. But what did they do? They instead of leaning into his deficiencies and trying to surround him with help, like the right way, they did the opposite thing. Like, like Chris Long is like, he's like, he's a dude. Like, he's like, I, he's like, I love the Eagles. He's like, I love Doug Peterson. I love Carson. He goes like, so what are they doing to them? He's like, you're completely blowing his mind. Like, I, I love how people like, oh, like he should be securing himself. He is securing himself. So maybe Howie and Doug are a little insecure, and that's why they went out and made this decision that they hurts. So, like, at this point, um, at this point, the season's obviously lost. I, I've gone on record a hundred times now. I, I, they're not going to win another game. They're going to get killed this week against New Orleans. They're probably not going to win another game. I genuinely believe Dallas will beat them in Dallas towards the end of the year. If they go 3-12-1... and I mean, can you even go back to Doug for another season at this point? Or are you just saying, hey, you know what? It was fun, but this is inexcusable, and we need to, you know, kind of get things together and move in a different direction. My whole take on Doug Peterson is I'm a huge fan of Doug Peterson, the leader, the motivator. Um, We've seen him at his best, and now we're seeing him at his worst. I mean, I think that Doug kind of put himself on the hot seat himself in the hot seat as soon as he didn't offensive coordinator and then he's shown complete stubbornness the last three years I mean they haven't done anything different and we get it the players aren't great but the players are the players and you have to do as much as you can with what you have and he hasn't we've done the same thing like it's literally the definition of insanity to keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different uh, result. I mean, that's what I, I that's why I believe in Carson Wentz is that repeatedly in twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, like he sees these receivers out the ball. He sees people miss blocks in front of him, he's running for his life, he sees all these injuries. And somehow we've been in the playoffs four straight years, won a Super Bowl, and he's always had has had a huge target on his back. That's what happens when you're the quarterback in the Philadelphia Eagles. And Doug, um, for better or worse, um, that's who he's tied to. Um, when you're a head coach in the NFL, the main goal that you want is to find your guy at quarterback. And that's what Doug did, and it has worked so far. But the issue is that instead of leaning into his deficiencies they haven't, and his strengths, they haven't done that. We barely can run Miles Sanders. Um, this is that's a that's this is so many different things to what you said and getting into Miles Sanders before we get into that I wanted to propose one possible thought to you that I just want to get your thoughts on because it's kind of how I felt for a while. Um, you mentioned how Doug did not choose an offensive coordinator. He, he's going to go with Press Taylor, passing game coordinator, kind of what the San Francisco 49ers do. How they have a passing game coordinator. Uh, at the end of 2019, there was one guy Philly fans wanted gone, and that was Mike Grow. Doug Peterson comes on for a press conference and says, Mike Rowe's going to be here. Fans freak out, and then I don't think the fans necessarily had anything to do with it, but then the next day we find out Mike Rowe's gone. He's just he's no longer coming back. Yep. And I wanted to ask you, do you think it is all, at all possible that Howie Roseman 
made the call to get rid of Mike Groh. Doug got, he got pissed off about that. And then he just, maybe he was stubborn and he didn't want another offense coordinator. He was like, you know what, I'll just do it myself. Or do you think that maybe Howie has, there was a chance Howie maybe pushed the passing game coordinator on him, trying to go with the analytics. Like, oh, look at how San Francisco is doing it. This is how the NFL should be working. Do you think that there might be any uh, validity to that? I think you could say both are true because I feel like Doug, um, I think he has a lot on his plate. Maybe it was his responsibility. I think that you could say there's validity for both things, but the confusing part is like, yeah, these guys are here. Um, Rich Gangarello, you had Martin Puddingway, but everything looks the same. Like, it's the same yeah. routes. It's yeah. the same run concepts. That's why it's so bizarre to me that... Um, and the same thing happened when Foles took over. Uh, like, Doug came on onto the podium and was like, yeah, like, we're going to be doing things that, like, Nick was really good at when, at his time here in, in Kansas City. And then Jalen Hurts said, he's like, okay, I think that, like, Doug's like, yeah, we should establish the run. Like, we should be doing this and that. Oh, it's God. Like, it's like, why, like, why does it take a quarterback change? Not only a quarterback, benching your franchise quarterback who's done well by you, like, why does that take to start running the ball and, like, even, like, come, like, saying that out loud? And then you hear people who they claim they don't have anything against Wentz, but they're like, oh, like, you've been asking for this, fans. Like, just be happy he's doing it. It's like, but you're completely missing the point. Like, it shouldn't take benching your $130 million quarterback to finally start coaching. It's so bad. And the use of Miles Sanders has been a crime because even as much as I love Carson Wentz, even I can admit Miles Sanders is the best player they have on offense. He is just a phenomenal talent. And I was so wrong about that guy when they drafted him out of Penn State because my golden rule was you never take a running back from Penn State. And (laughs) him and Saquon Barkley are making me eat those words so far. But I just can't believe that this guy, he either has the worst stamina in the world, which hard to believe, or... The idea that he can only run nine times a game is just completely... It's more than just Andy Reid insanity. It is borderline criminal to what he's doing for this offense. And the craziest thing is, like, it's not like we haven't seen him completely help carry the load. Like, last year, we completely leaned into Miles to take over. He was great in the Giants game uh, until we got hurt and Boston came in, like, and, but then, like, look at the Dallas game. Miles Sanders could have had a monster game if he didn't slide slide to ice the end. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just don't get it. I mean, like, you know, your quarterback's slumping, and instead of taking the ball out of the hands and making it a little easier, it's like you throw the ball forty times, and like half the time it hasn't been like. And on top of that, your offensive line—it's the eleven different line we've seen this year. And passing the NFL is already hard. Like, these guys haven't played next to each other for the most part. And you just have them constantly stepping back and stepping back. And, like, you want to go forward. Like, it, it's a mental thing. Like, I've talked to my friends that played uh, in college. I've talked to NFL guys. Like, the run game is what fuels the offense because you're moving forward already. So the momentum's there. If you're just stepping back all these times and then you're incomplete, and sad, like it, it completely like just like mentally and physically just wears on you throughout the game. Yeah. 
Last question I have for you, Chris. Gut instinct. Carson Wentz, will he start another game for the Philadelphia Eagles? I hate, I hate, sorry that I always have to explain myself, but it's, 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 <laughs> just my, it's just my, it's my, my brain work. I would say I think that he will play again for the Philadelphia Eagles, but at the same time is just look at the situation that Harry Brisbane created. People are going to say, let's create it. He didn't create the situation. Like, this was, this was, a, this was avoidable. Him being bad on his own, sure. But listen, no matter what happens with Jalen Hurts from this point forward, the rest of the season, he could be good, he could be bad. There is a divided line between the Philadelphia Eagles fan in and outside of Novocaine. There are going to be fans who never want to see Carson Wentz behind center again because they've seen the worst of him and they ignore that he has been good to the, good before. So let's say Carson Wentz comes back and then he wins and then you have Jalen Hurts, who's the starting quarterback right now on the bench, just standing there. If Wentz messes up again, what are you going to hear? Put in Hurts. Yep. Put in Hurts. And then what are you going to hear if Hurts looks bad, if he starts next year? Put in Wentz. Put in Wentz. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why people are saying, like, this isn't going to work because you're either going to have the most expensive backup in NFL history. Wentz will be hitting your cap at $33 million on your bench looking over Hurts' shoulder, or you're going to have Hurts who, to no fault of his own, is a huge uh, controversy in the locker room. He's going to be looking over Wentz's shoulder. And like, that that's what you did on draft night, Howie. Like, you literally started the clock on, on Wentz's time here, uh, like, like going down. It's pathetic. Then, yeah. It's just... It's, it's like, it gets, it's such a frustrating thing to talk about Howie Roseman, because he came back, and he was so great. And you know what? He's just like I remember the night the night that they picked Hertz, my brother who's a lawyer, and he's one of the hardest guys for me to talk to because he just he doesn't say a whole lot. As soon as I told him, Hey, they picked Jalen Hertz, he just mouth drops open, he goes, We need to file a class action lawsuit against Howie Roseman. The entire city of Philadelphia needs to, because what he's doing is general management malpractice. And and, and ugh, it's just it's awful. It's just amazing to me how people are just so nearsighted and reactionary, not only in Philadelphia, but everywhere. Like, we were talking about Ben Roethlisberger earlier. I mean, Roethlisberger earlier, like, he's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. He's a guy who has Hall of Fame numbers up and down. Look, people look at Ben Roethlisberger's first five years, and then you look at Wentz's first five years, People who don't like Wentz, they will break their phones. Ben Roethlisberger, year one, 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Year two, 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Year three, 18 touchdowns, 23 interceptions. Year four, much like a Wentz MVP year, 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. The Magic year five, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Wentz year one, with Doriel Green-Beckham, as a best <laughs> and, and Jordan Matthews, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Year two, 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He didn't even finish the end of the year. Third year, 21 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Didn't even finish the year. Uh, last year, 27 touchdowns, only 7 interceptions. And then this year, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. So, Roethlisberger's 
his fifth year only had one more passing touchdown, but the same amount of interceptions. And I don't hear anyone talking about that. And Roethlisberger had a Hall of Famers all across the board. He had one of the best defenses in the league for all those years. He had Heinz Ward, Antonio Brown, Santonio Holmes, Mike Wallace in his prime. Like, he had everything he needed. And he had great, great coaches. And... Don't forget, he also might have had, for the first two years of that career, he had a running back by the name of Jerome Bettis. And Deuce Staley was in Pittsburgh for his first two years. Yeah, and that's what I mean, though. Like, I don't understand how people, like, look at Wentz and see, like, all the negatives rather than seeing the positives. This is a guy from a D1AA school who comes from living in a double-wide trailer and going to North State <laughs> without a TV to going to Philadelphia, one of the most brutal, brutal places to play professional sports. And what does he do? He completely implants his entire self into the city. He does charities. He's successful on and off the field. Uh, guys believe in him. And what does he do? He helps us a first-round buy, and then we win our first-ever Super Bowl it's it's amazing. Like, and now people want to get rid of him because of one bad year that you can attribute to other things or the organization failing it. It's insane. Like, it's like you would think the guy is like the worst thing that ever happened to see, mm-hmm. and he's one of the better things that's ever happened to see. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really sad that, that that's how people react. Chris Malley from Fourth and John. Chris, before I let you go, you want to uh, get the chance to plug anything in? Anything that you're up to? Uh, mostly, uh, just kind of geared up for the draft since the season's pretty much a lost cause. Um, I do a lot of draft draft work. Uh, Justin knows that. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Natalie underscore Chris underscore 24. Uh, I'm always on there. Uh, always trying to be engaged with the fans. Uh, I have a lot of draft content. Uh, I write articles myself. Um, always you can always hit the DMs if you have a question or just talk to me on the time. And if you have... Uh, any opinions on anything but yeah for, for draft I do a bunch of stuff um, I'll have a lot of uh, player interviews I'll, I'll have coaches interviews if you guys are interested in that content and uh, Justin I really appreciate you having me on uh, letting me ramble uh, it's a lot easier to talk on here than have, have to like, talk in like little spurts on Twitter so I really appreciate it man oh my gosh believe me it's like it's therapy for me considering how much I, I've loved Carson Wentz and you know initially when I asked you to come on I didn't I, who knew that Wentz was going to be benched but Glad I got the chance to talk to you, man, and uh, we will talk soon. All right, everyone, Chris Malley joining the Fly Guys podcast. This has been Justin Goodhart, episode number 44. Episode 45 also just recorded, and that'll be out very soon. Thank you so much for listening. Be happy, be healthy, and as always, let's go Flyers and fly, Eagles, fly.